We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan, or it could say every college football or NFL fan, if you really only like one or the other. But I am your host, Stéphane Lacoe. You can find me on Twitter at Stéphane Lacoe and joined by the OG, the creator, Travis May. You can find him on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. Travis, how is this week treating you? the creator <laughs> yes it, oh it, it felt a bit strong when i when yeah, it yeah. came no, out but i wasn't retracting it. it no 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 definitely not i, I like it uh <laughs> doing well we need uh, to get I'm, shirts made <laughs> travis the creator yeah uh anyway might be some infringement infringement there but uh yeah glad to hop on and uh talk football with you as always uh it's been fun to just interact with a few uh, new people, new, new people, people. I don't know what I just said. Yeah. New people who have found the show uh, because of the Mojo gig. It's been funny. Uh, a few people who've hopped into uh, the, the Discord or have uh, reached out to me with like Mojo questions and stuff like that. Realize, oh, he, you have your own show. Okay, I'll check it out. Blah blah. blah. And so it's it's been fun to get some some feedback, some some good uh, stuff on on YouTube, which was, which is good. So oh, nice, nice. Um, yeah, man. It's just. This time of year, like in the middle of the season, people are just hungry for more. It's like this time of year, like everyone is making it all the way through their their podcast feeds of like three or four podcasts, five, six. I don't know who you are, maybe. But uh, and then they're like, man, I need more of this. And I think we're benefiting from that. So it's been fun just to meet some new listeners. So if you are enjoying the show, think we're bad at this, whatever, uh, reach out. We appreciate the feedback. It's been fun just to have those conversations. So thank you. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's crazy, dude. I was prepping for my show with Matt, um, and it's week 10, college football week 10. I was like, oh, we're in the double digits. Like, we are no longer um, enjoying the beginning of the season. Like, we are getting towards the tail end of it, and it makes me sad. <laughs> but we still have so much uh, good football coming up. Man, I'm excited for uh, Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, that's going to be an absolute screamer. Uh, but today, we are going to talk about um, some college players. We're going to do a mock draft uh mock debbie draft super flex tight end premium and we're going to kind of compare it to the mock draft we did back in september 
Um, Travis, do you want to kind of walk uh, us through what we did in that initial draft? And uh, and then we can kind of launch from there. Yeah, ever since we've been doing the show, we always do these in-season mock drafts and just to get a look at where the current uh, Debbie fantasy football landscape uh, looks, you know, is resting currently. And of course, we are drafting when we do these mock drafts in season, we're uh, projecting not only out to the 2023 class, but also the 2024, 2025, and basically including all the true freshmen, sophomores, and then all the way up to the year seven and eight guys because of the extra COVID eligibility. But we just make 24 picks. And back in September, we made 24 picks of our best uh, college football players who should make it to the NFL and produce for our fantasy football lineups here very soon or, you know, a couple of years from now. And uh, so we went down uh, from top to to bottom here. I'm just going to lightning round it here. If you want to take some notes, might take a few lessons, but that's okay. (laughs) CJ Stroud, QB, Ohio State was the first pick. That was your pick, kicking things off with a quarterback. Bijan Robinson, running back, Texas. Rice Young, QB, Alabama. Caleb Caleb Williams, QB, USC. Trevion Henderson, running back, Ohio State. Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. Jordan Addison, wide receiver, USC. Zach Evans, running back, Ole Miss. Nick Singleton, Nick Singleton, freshman phenom, running back over at Penn State. Xavier Worthy, uh, wide receiver, Texas. Raheem Rocket Sanders, running back, Arkansas. Uh, Sean Tucker, running back, Syracuse. Braylon Allen, running back, Wisconsin. Josh Downs, wide receiver, North Carolina. Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver, Ohio State. Brock Bowers, tight end, Georgia. Kayshawn Boutte, uh, wide receiver, LSU. Will Shipley, RB, Clemson. Tank Bigsby, Tank, I'm struggling with, with talking today. Tank Bigsby, running back Auburn, Drake May, quarterback North Carolina, Quinn Ewers, quarterback Texas, Quentin Johnston, wide receiver TCU, and rounding out the last pick of that first mock draft, uh, Devon A-Chain, running back Texas A&M. That's, so, that's a lot of names right there. Lots a of names, 24 lot picks. Of names. Yeah. We're about to come up with 24 more, and a lot of them will be the same, but in different order, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think one of the valuable things um, as we're like going through this, I think, is just kind of seeing where people are falling and who's who's climbing the boards. Um, but uh, I went first last time, so why don't you get us kicked off this time? Also, thank you for giving an explanation. I forget that uh, not everyone knows what Debbie Leagues are just right off the bat. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you know it's it's growing in popularity, but a lot of new new listeners that are chiming in might not immediately know Debbie. What does that even mean? And so, yeah, it's just short for developmental. And so I know a lot of people, we have listeners who have been in Debbie leagues since like FF Oasis days in 2013, 2012, uh, and then people who have never even heard the term. So I want to make sure we always kind of just frame things before we just start picking players so that, you know, listeners understand absolutely <laughs> uh, where we're going. Uh, but to get us where we're going now, to kick off the, uh, I guess when this comes out, it'll be what, November 4th-ish or something like that, November 3rd, in-season Mock 2.0. We'll probably do a third one in December or something like that, you know, after this season's actually ended and uh, before draft season truly kicks off. But to kick it off, pick 1.01 in the in-season Mock 2.0. I will go with Bijan Robinson running back Texas because the dude looks like he's approaching like Saquon Barkley territory in terms of being a prospect. And uh, I think that's pretty much consensus uh, across the board in uh, any kind of mock drafting you want to look at. If you want to talk about his uh, production, if you want to talk about his elusiveness, you want, if you want to talk about his strength, uh, if you want to talk about virtually uh, anything when it comes to B. John Robinson, uh, you're going to be really happy. 
about him as a prospect. He, he's right now in, in terms of overall production, he is fourth in yards from scrimmage, third among power five running backs uh, in, in the country right now through eight games, almost 1000 yards rushing already uh, has almost 20 catches already. So he's on pace to finish with, you know, a, about uh, 1600. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm bad at math right now. About uh, 1800 <laughs> yards from scrimmage on the season. If uh, Texas doesn't fail spectacularly, uh, it'll probably be even more than that. So he's going to finish really strong. Uh, he had a strong freshman campaign finished uh, down the stretch that year, like averaging 11 yards a touch, uh, had, followed it up with a strong sophomore year. And now he's going to have a ridiculous final season uh, before he is a first round running back selection. So that's easy for me. Uh, but uh, what do you think, Stefan? Yeah. I mean, I, I like it. He, I mean, if you wouldn't have taken him, um, I would have taken him. Uh, although I, I took someone else last time we did this uh, with my first overall pick. And that is who I'm going to take now uh, with my second overall pick. Surprise, so, surprise. So if people were paying attention um, and can remember the first of the 24 names that you rattled off, uh, I'm going to go with CJ Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. Um, he really is uh, fantastic. One of the uh, one of the hilarious things um, I think people might be concerned about if they just look at his like numbers, um, you know, he's got a grand total of negative four yards on the year. Um, but if you go all the way back to his very first game he ever played, he had one rushing attempt for 48 yards and a touchdown. So the skill is there. No, I don't know. Um, I think we've talked about it. If he wants to run, he can run. I just think he chooses not to. He chooses to run to throw people open. Um, and even with uh, injuries to uh, key wide receivers, um, he has been, I mean, it's not like the backups at Ohio state are, uh, terrible by any means, but, uh, he's putting together an absolutely phenomenal campaign. Um, he's almost up to 2,500 passing yards, um, 29 touchdowns to four interceptions, um, right there in the race for the Heisman, uh, CJ Stroud, I think will be the first quarterback selected and, uh, he will be the first quarterback I select. What do you think about that? I like it. I mean, I, I was taking CJ Stroud as the 1.01 uh, in his offseason in my college to Kenton leagues just because I was super confident in uh, his prototypical size co combined with his, you know, 98th, 99th percentile pass efficiency. And he's doing it again, even in, in his bad games. Right. He's getting up to like 350 yards passing um, and, you know, averaging over 10 yards per attempt, um, over 11 or 12 yards adjusted yards per attempt. He, you know, leads the nation in, in, in several key stats uh to date so i like that a lot uh but i, I uh, would probably actually go with bryce young here if i was a pick three quarterback alabama yes i think that there are legitimately some uh size questions with him i you know just jokingly uh you know I, i've seen some people like make the comparison with him and kyler murray and the heisman commercials <laughs> I, I guess it's like nissan or whatever they're probably mad that i don't even remember who, who the commercials are for but I the heisman that. house commercials you know what i'm saying yeah i love um, that no one and, remembers those things That's i mean bad. exactly it's just it's it's funny it's college football but um yeah because like he stands next to kyler murray and he's maybe the same height and i think uh, yeah and bryce young is a small guy and he's pretty slight uh, but he does a good job of taking care of himself for the most most part outside of that uh, that kind of lunging throwaway uh, where he injured his uh, shoulder earlier in the season. Um, he really typically takes really good care of himself. And in terms of being an elusive uh, quarterback, he doesn't run a whole lot as well. But if you look at his advanced stats in terms of avoiding pressure, he's actually 
really, really promising in terms of like, I think is in, in the nation, he's 13th in his uh, pressure to sack rate. So like if he had a hundred pressures and uh, hypothetically he had only eight sacks, which is actually really close to his, his rate, he would have like an 8% pressure to sack rate. And he's 13th in the entire country, despite having like one of the longest times to throw, like the like second or third longest times to throw. So if you put that two and two together, you realize that he is buying himself a lot of time. And you would say, oh, it's just the Alabama offensive line. No, like he's he's taking longer than three seconds on average to throw the ball because he's buying himself so much time. And so um, his ability to improvise and just stay cool under pressure is probably unmatched. So I, I really like that on top of the fact that he's the 90, 90th percentile plus efficient passer. Um, and mobile enough. So yeah, pick three, Bryce Young. Yep, I like it. I mean, Bryce Young is, I mean, we all saw what Alabama looked like without Bryce Young um, when uh, he got injured and it was not pretty. Uh, Bryce Young is an absolute difference maker. I I think he will be, uh, I think it'll be so much fun in the NFL as well. Um, I'm going to go to um, all the way out West uh, where they do play football. Uh, no one knows it apparently. But I'm going with Zach Charbonnet. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going Caleb Williams, uh, quarterback, uh, oh, USC, uh, 6'1", 220. Um, he's bigger than that. Come on. No, he's he's playing just phenomenal football right now. I don't think people kind of realize it, uh, but he's averaging just under 300 yards a game, three touchdowns a game, um, continues to pro- just be productive. Um, doesn't matter which uh, which of his wide receivers are injured. Um, did you see the beautiful touchdown pass he threw to uh, Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's kid, over the weekend? I love oh, that. Um, see you, uh, see you transfer, Brendan Rice. Um, I'm actually going to go to the CU Oregon game uh, this week, so I will miss Tennessee Georgia because I'm going to be watching Colorado. It's ridiculous. Wow. But I don't know why would you do that. To my <laughs> Ducks. I only get to see the Ducks like every four years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I anyway, it. I get it. So and plus they will just absolutely murder Colorado. So that that'll be fun. Just <laughs> and I'm just gonna have. So many DFS lineups with just all ducks, <laughs> just as many as I can do. <laughs> just, oh man, you're gonna be so. I mean, like, but that stacks. If it, if, okay, and I'm not gonna go there. Not gonna put that on the universe. Um, uh, but yeah, hopefully that goes really well for you. I'll just say that. Yeah, uh, Caleb Williams uh, at the uh, 104. So so far, our uh, our our lineup is pretty similar. The same four guys going in the top third of the first round. Just a little bit of a different order. Yeah, it is interesting. Like, and that seems like we're pretty confident um, in, in those four. Uh, you know, B. John Robinson in the top three quarterbacks. Uh, those those are pretty much the safest projections to the NFL in all of football. And after that, it really does start to uh, diverge. I think for many, I think there's probably one more player though that a lot of people are super high on in the 2023 class. It seems to be consensus, and that's Jameer Gibbs, who I will take here at pick five. Jameer Gibbs, running back, Alabama. Obviously, you know he was really solid talent to have done anything over at Georgia tech coming out of high school. He was a top 100 overall prospect, despite, uh, you know, for some reason choosing, choosing Georgia tech. I think a lot of people forget he was a really high pedigree, obvious NFL future talent, even coming out of high school. Uh, and even there, he was accounting for about 20% of the receiving production as a running back. And it's not quite that high in terms of his percentage uh, and his dominator rating <laughs> at uh, Alabama. But he is accounting for about one out of every seven receiving yards uh, as a running back for Alabama, despite all the pedigree at the wide receiver position. He has more receptions than any player on the team, despite being a running back. 
and has been a super efficient runner, averaging like seven yards per touch uh, for Alabama this year. Obviously, that's weighted by a couple bigger plays, but that's just typically how it happens for players with lightning, 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 lightning speed. And he possesses that. If he checks in uh, at 200 or above, he's going to get top 50 draft capital. I was hoping you would go a different direction there because um Just so was, you could take him <laughs> yeah well he was he was the next obvious pick i'm actually really struggling with this uh pick because i i felt like um if it got to this position i would know that yeah you just take trevion henderson but man i'm a little bit concerned i'm not concerned in the sense that like i'm i'm probably still gonna take him right here but he's added absolutely nothing here i am gonna poo poo my pick it's the 106 and i'm already like upset (laughs) Uh, but he has not done anything um in the receiving game this year which is really disappointing um his touchdowns are down his yards are down he's been battling with injuries so maybe that's all it is uh but then you watch uh you watch it all in one game you watch the first half of the game this weekend and he's he's struggling to uh to see where he needs to be running and then that second half he just explodes um those two big runs towards the end of the game so um, I am going to go with Trevion Henderson. I am a little bit apprehensive. I am nervous. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, um, he still has another year left. Or well, he's forced to come back next year, build on his uh, campaign. And with the fr- freshman production, what he's got, I, I still think he'll be uh, one of the first, if not the first, uh, running back taken in uh, 24 yeah, man. I mean, I, we get to 1.06, and maybe this this point, maybe pick six is where things really start to diverge in terms of uh, opinions on who should go, what position should even go at this point in the draft. Or should it be the first wide receiver that gets taken? Should it be the, another quarterback that gets taken? Uh, but I think we both believe in the pedigree and the talent uh, that is Trevion Henderson, so I'm not going to knock your pick there at six. But at seven, I'm going to go with a player that might surprise many. Uh, but we talked him up, I think, the last time we did one of these mocks. We talked him up in the midseason check-in, I think, two two weeks ago. Uh, but I'm going to go with Raheem Rocket Sanders. Uh, I love it. I love it. At uh, pick seven, man. <laughs> yeah, pick seven is not where he was going uh, preseason uh, at all. I mean, we drafted him, uh, I think, in, in the first one. Um, but uh, he was, I think I picked him at, at pick 12 in September. I think I would have picked him around the, the back end of round two uh in august but uh he's rising faster and 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 higher than anyone else in all of college football and why is that travis why is that happening well it's probably because he has over 1200 yards from scrimmage through eight games against sec competition uh there's been only one game all season long that he's had less than 120 yards from scrimmage and you know that has a lot to do with his opportunity and never having had less than 16 touches in a game as well but that's speaks to the fact that he is just a feature back built, you know, six foot, six, six, one, uh, 225, 230 pounds. He looks like Nick Chubb, uh, who can also catch passes. He has uh, 16 catches for 195 yards. That's 12.2 yards per reception this year. Uh, And so he's averaging a touchdown per game as well. So I think he's just going to finish with an absurd production profile when it's all said and done. Like if he was eligible this year, he would be in the running back two conversation. And so that's, to me, like he is my running back three overall. I would have actually taken him over Trivion Henderson uh, with your previous pick. Uh, but I think there's there's a few guys in the, in the mix for running back one for 2024. He's not even eligible this year. He's a true sophomore. And he's outproducing every other player in the country except Chase Brown. And that's only because Illinois runs the ball 
500 times a game. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, thoughts. I know you said you love it, but uh, would you have gone any other direction after this point? Probably just because I'm a slave to consensus. Um, I'm slow to change my mind. And that's why I miss out on a lot of these fun players. Um, I do have a little bit of uh, Rocket Sanders from some Debbie drafts uh, early this or last year even, but um, they're pretty deep. So uh, I think I think it's great. I think you can uh, probably, if you value him like this, and I and I do as well, I think it's uh, it's time to make that move. It might be a little late. You're going to be buying high, but it might still be worth it. Yep. And I think I'll probably, this might be as early as I've ever seen him go. And so, yeah, it's pick, pick seven, I guess, in, in any kind of mock draft for Debbie purposes. And if, if you value him in this range, you can probably still get him for less than this in terms of cost acquisition. So yeah, go fishing, man. Yeah. Uh, so this one, bleh. We were talking about with before the show. Again, you're gross. You're grossed out with this again. I'm grossed Already? out. I'm grossed <laughs> out because we we were talking about this before the the show. Like the wide receiver position is just the guys that we want to see produce just aren't really doing it. Whether it's injury or I mean, or most of them is injury, uh, and it's just been a shame because I, I want to see these guys ball out and I want to see. Um, I, I want to draft wide receivers they've got the like outside of quarterback they've got the longest shelf life in the nfl like they they're pillars to your fantasy teams where running backs can can come and go in like two three years so um but it just i just don't love any of them so i'm gonna do something that you're gonna hate and i know you're gonna hate it but i don't I, think i am i'm I taking I am actually i'm taking drake may quarterback not, oh, 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 yes <laughs> north carolina tar hey. I hey, love you just said you just said you don't do this and then you did this. Well, so. I, I realized that if you took him with your next pick, I would be so pissed. <laughs> well, I was going to. So you were about to be pissed. So yeah. bravo. Dude is amazing. Like he is asked to do everything for this Tar Heels um offense and he comes through. And Josh Downs is an amazing wide receiver uh, wide receiver, but he can do it without him. We've seen Antoine Green step up. We've seen guys like Pesor and Nesbitt. Um and different players. And he's not even getting much from the running back position. Um, Drake May is amazing. Um, amazing. You see what I did there. <laughs> amazing. Yes, I did. I, uh, I was there. I saw, I saw what you did. So congratulations <laughs> on sniping me because I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take him at pick nine. See if I was not going to do that yet. No. And I was I, wrong because he had to go get his guy because yeah. he just realized, oh, I, I just missed out on one guy that was my guy. Can't let that happen again. Uh, but uh, that's okay. I actually seriously have Drake May ranked eighth. The, like the first eight players off the board are the first eight for me in Debbie fantasy football kind of world ranking. So this is, yeah, this is going great. And I get to take my ninth ranked player now. Uh, here at this point, which at this point, there's a there's a large tier of wide receivers that uh, are not exactly similar, but a lot, there's a big group that I would consider once we get to this this point in the draft. And I think that it'll be really critical just to see how the rest of the season goes. If a couple of players can get completely healthy, that might change some things. I'm going to go with Jordan Addison, wide receiver USC. I want to go with one of the Ohio State guys. I want to go with Xavier Worthy. I want to go with you know, a few other options, but I'm going to go with the Blatnikoff award winner from just a, uh, you know, a year ago. Uh, the guy who had like, oh, what, almost 20 touchdowns and 1600 plus yards uh, playing for Pitt comes over 
and immediately becomes a wide receiver one with Caleb Williams. Uh, and he's missed a little bit of time here. He should be back here soon. But Jordan Addison, wide receiver USC uh, via the transfer portal from Pitt uh, and a player that I think is a lock for first round draft capital, if not early first round draft capital next next spring. So thoughts on that over over some of the other options here. Actually, he was I was going back and forth between Drake May and Jordan Addison, and I I just want to go get my quarterback, but we got to quit agreeing with each other. Man. I We're know snipe each other this whole thing. It's a whole freaking draft. So yeah. So Jordan Addison yeah. was up there, but I was wondering if you were going to be like, ah, but the production just hasn't been there this year. Um, so I was, I was wondering if you were going to, uh, you're going to uh, come at me with that. And I wasn't sure how I was going to respond. Um, but I'm ready with a uh, one ten. Um, okay. Well, let's, let's see it. Cause this, I, this might be more predictable. Well, I'm going to go with Nick Singleton right here. So I don't know if that's what you were expecting or not. But the freshman running back is producing when given the opportunity. The bummer is uh, there's still some games where he's only getting, uh, well, there's only been one game where he's only getting single-digit touches. I'd like to see more. But um, over the last, um, oh, really since that Northwestern game, he he got 21 touches, um, and he's been kind of getting more and more. But he had some of those huge games. uh, early on this year, I remember the uh, the Auburn game. He he put up 120 and two touchdowns. Um, he's just an electric player. You can tell that he uh, he's going to be a focal point of this offense. Um, again, he's already carrying a lot of the load as a freshman, so I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. So uh, Nick Singleton, um, he went at the same spot in the last draft, but there was just uh, a couple running backs or other players ahead of him because um, uh, we didn't have drake may uh quite this early in rocket sanders so uh a little yeah. little bit so uh where are you going what do you think of that and then where are you heading with your next pick yeah so nick singleton i mean uh, he he blew out of the out of the gate and, and just was incredible earlier in the year had, had kind of slowed down has not been getting all the touches that we'd like him to uh down the stretch and he really had kind of hasn't had a couple of big moments struggled to just bring a couple of easy receptions in so that's not always promising but he's still a five-star guy. He was still the number one rated running back in his class, and that's not changed at this point. Uh, so, you know, think about, like, where Trevion Henderson was being ranked a year ago. It was about this range or maybe even a little bit higher. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I like that that pick. I think I, I actually took him at the 10th slot. Yeah. He's dropped a little bit for me um, down beyond the big chunk of wide receivers that uh, I would definitely take here. And, uh, you know, but I still definitely like him. And, and we didn't even really mention – why Drake May was so amazing. Like, if we're oh, going to talk yeah. about these players, you know, we, we talked about, like, all the things Rocket Sanders has been doing, but Drake May is averaging almost 400 total yards per game because he is uh, averaging, like, almost like uh, almost 12 yards, like, adjusted yards per pass attempt. Uh, and he's got, like, 400-plus rushing yards, which is good for 10th among quarterbacks in the country. So he's adding, you know, he, he's throwing the ball for, you know, more than anybody per game at the quarterback position. And then he's rushing more than almost anybody per game in the country. And so he's doing this as a, as a true sophomore in his first year as a starter. And so he is, he should very much be in the quarterback one conversation for 2024. He's not eligible next spring. So you're going to have to wait, but uh, I'm, I'm okay waiting. And so it's interesting to me that the first uh, five picks for 2023 guys, and then the next three picks, as the safest projection for that class were 2024 guys. And then we uh, kind of started mixing it up, going 2023 with Jordan Addison, 2025 with Nick Singleton. But I'm going to go back to 2023 well 
and uh, go with Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. Uh, Got to go with a guy who outproduced uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, uh, who were both first-round picks. And, um, you know, obviously he, he was keeping Marvin Harrison uh, where he was on the bench last year, Marvin Harrison Jr., that is. And so I, I think, yes, he has been out a long time after getting dinged early in the season, but he's still very much an obvious first-round talent. And so to get him a pick 111 seems like a steal. Yeah, uh, I I I would love to uh, watch Jackson Smith and Jigba play. And unfortunately, we don't get to. But do you know who does play? For Ohio State, you know who is putting together just a phenomenal um, season? <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, he's he's destroying yeah. the world with ten touchdowns. He's already got he's averaging eight receptions a game, almost a hundred yards. Uh, I want I want the wide receiver that's actually producing for Ohio State this year. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. This, that last game against Penn State, he just decided to uh, to take over. Um, ten receptions, one hundred eighty five yards, uh, absolute monster. Um, He's a, he's he's special. He uh, he he's got the it factor. I think he can be an alpha wide receiver on on just about any NFL team once uh, it's uh, once it's time. So um, I will happily happily take Marvin Harrison Jr. with a last pick in the first round. Yeah, and there were some people that already believe that Marvin Harrison Jr. has surpassed that of his teammates in Emeka Ibuka and Jackson Smith and Jigba. There are some some draft mix that are already calling calling him the wide receiver one in 20, 2024, uh, and he would have been my next pick for sure. He's in that big group of wide receivers. I honestly, I, uh, I honestly was just waiting for you to pick JSN, and then he was going to be my next pick. It didn't matter when it happened. That's what was happening. Yeah. I mean, and I'm kind of tempted to go with the other Ohio State guy here. But... <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> uh, but instead, I'm wait, actually going to go. Well, let's hit the yeah. break. We have to hit the break. Let's I think we it. forgot oh, last yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, I know we kind of did, but uh, that was one round. Let's let's fly through it, just recap, and then we'll hit the break. How about that? B. I John Robinson, it. running back Texas. C.J. Stroud, quarterback Ohio State. Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama. Caleb Williams, quarterback USC. Jameer Gibbs, running back Alabama. Trevion Henderson, running back Ohio State. Raheem Rocket Sanders, running back Arkansas with pick seven. Drake May at pick eight, quarterback North Carolina. Jordan Addison, wide receiver USC. Nick Singleton, running back Penn State. Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver Ohio State. And another Buckeye in Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver Ohio State, son of the Hall of Famer. Uh, but let's kick it to a break, and we'll be back to draft round two. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, we're back. Before we jump into round two, Travis, just uh, a couple of uh, names I wanted to mention because uh, they fell out of the first round for us. Um, one of them being Zach Evans, who I took um, with pick nine last uh, last time. I think you already thought I was too high on him, so him falling out of the first round probably isn't um, huge news for you. Um, although I know you and I have talked a bit about um, the emergence of Quinshawn Judkins. Um, doesn't necessarily mean Zach Evans is bad, but it is interesting that a true freshman can come in there and uh, take so much of the work from Zach Evans. So. I think Zach Evans still still a fine uh, prospect, but uh, that's definitely something uh, something interesting. Um, the other guy that kind of that that did fall out was um, Xavier Worthy. I have a feeling that he won't. He was uh, my pick at one eleven. I have a feeling he's not going to fall uh, terribly far, but uh, we'll have to see what happens there. Um, any thoughts on those two guys? Uh, I think we'll get to. I think we'll get more to those guys once we uh, yeah. call their names. I, I still think they'll go in round two. Uh, but, yeah, those were the guys who f- fell out of uh, uh, round one and the guys who replaced them in round one. Let's see. Who was it from last time? It was, Marvin uh, Harrison Jr. and Drake May. Drake May. And, no, actually, I, never mind. I, I, I took Raheem as a as the last pick in round yeah, one. He moved, yeah, he moved quite a bit. Oh, but- he did. He yeah, was he moved up half a round, but yeah, yeah. I guess I was already high on him back in September. So that, that looks <laughs> good, good for you. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That that uh, that version of my fictional team is doing great. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But now uh, to kick off round just, two. Yes, let's do it. And uh, make the selection that I I really wanted to make last time <laughs> uh, in round two. Um, but to rise all the way up to the beginning of round two is probably going to surprise some people. But let's just quit beating around the bush. Let's just quit playing around because, be- uh, I mean, it, it ticks me off t- that uh, other guys are rated rated ahead of this quarterback a- in terms of like mock drafts at this point because it's just absolutely, absolutely disrespectful uh, that he's not over guys like Will Levis, uh, guys like in- – uh, Anthony Richardson, um, even guys like Tanner McKee and some mocks, like get, get out of here. It's just disrespectful. Get behind so, me, Satan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, really, really hide. Get, just leave. Don't even, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Hendon hooker quarterback, Tennessee. Uh, when you, you know, show up to Alabama, you throw five touchdowns to the same wide receiver, by the way. Uh, and, and do that to Alabama, and you are doing that to literally everybody that you play this year. Uh, and not only that, it's not just you're you're like a one year wonder. Hendon Hooker has been good since he was at, at Virginia Tech back in 2019. He, he posted an 80th percentile plus kind of pass efficiency profile and had above 15 percent rushing yard market share. He was already very good. What happened was uh, the bad coach there at the time decided to get cute when Hendon Hooker kind of got dinged up in the off season and. Uh, amid the 2020 season that was a weird year altogether already uh, and, and started something called a, a Braxton Burmeister 
some in there. Uh, and Hinden he used to like, play nah. for he used to play nah. for Oregon. Yeah, and Burmeister is where now? I don't even know if he's on a team. He is irrelevant. But Hinden Hooker decided, no, I'm not going to deal with that. So he goes to Tennessee, uh, has the starting job by uh, the pit game uh, last year because Joe Milton got dinged up and he was playing like a garbage can. Uh, so Hinden Hooker takes over, and since then he's been almost flawless. Had a 97 percentile pass efficiency profile last year, which is, you know, I think last time I checked, that's really good. Uh, he's on pace to be a 99th percentile pass efficiency guy this year um, and is really only behind CJ Stroud and most adjusted efficiency metrics on the year is number one right now to win the Heisman. He, he jumped from plus 6,600 in the preseason Unbelievable. Uh, to plus 100 at this point as the odds on favorite to win the Heisman. He's putting up, you know, ridiculous rushing numbers as well on top of being a, a fantastic passer. Uh, he is the QB3 in 2023, and don't let anyone, anyone tell you anything different. <laughs> I, like, I like it. Um, it's been a fun story, man. It's been fun watching him um, just succeed and just, I mean, I took I Tennessee Moneyline, baby, 245. I won all of it this week against Georgia. Hen and Hooker's the man. Um, that's a bold pick, though. I don't think many people have him going uh, – 201 in Debbie right now. Yeah. And, you know, by the time this comes out and, and people are listening, you know, maybe after the Saturday games and yeah. he's had a bad game against Georgia, this <laughs> really, really, really bad. But the I truth think... is, he, he just, he's had a, a, an amazing, like near perfect season. And, and if he doesn't look, if he looks human against Georgia, I think I'm okay with that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I am curious because uh, I, I doubt we get to Jalen Hyatt in the, in the second round here. Um, but, the dude is just falling out, leads the nation in receiving touchdowns. Um, it's crazy. He'll have like four receptions for three touchdowns and 120 yards. Like, dude is crazy. Um, but yeah. Yeah, anyway. we'll say, but we don't want to, we don't want to spoil it. I mean, we might see him. If, if we don't, we'll, we'll make a note to talk about Jalen Hyatt at the end, end of the, I'll put it on the show sheet right now, just in case we miss out. Cause I've got some fun nuggets on him. We'll, we'll, we'll keep this like rolling. Pick two, round two. Who you got, Stefan? So, this one is um we're talking um we are talking about a uh, super flex talking about tight end premium i'm going to go with the only tight end worth owning in devi i'm going to go grab brock bowers tight end georgia he is the offense of passing game the passing offense for this team um <laughs> he's just insane um, I, I really enjoy watching Brock Bowers play. He is a difference maker. It's, you know, maybe a tiny bit earlier than um, than most people will take him, but uh, when there's only one tight end going, um, one tight end, I think even uh, that's going to make a big splash in the next couple of years. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and move him up my board a little bit. So 202, Brock Bowers. Yeah, I mean, I... What is it about him that you really like? I mean, like he is the the only one that I care about rostering in most of my leagues. But like, what is it to you personally that, that just makes him stand out above the rest? Well, uh, I like that he is a dynamic receiving threat while also um, being, you know, six four two forty. Um, he he's big. I think his uh, his game translates well to the modern NFL where they're trying to get tight ends vertical, but they're also trying to get them in space. Um, I think. You know, so much of this comes down to where they get drafted to, uh, if it's a team that can be like progressive or not. 
Um, but if he gets a decent landing spot, I think Brock Bowers uh, could be what we hoped Kyle Pitts was. And, and I think if, what we hoped Kyle Pitts was. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and I, yeah, I know. It's just dark times for him. Uh, but I, I think he could very well still be amazing. Yeah, they just, but, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I I definitely like a lot of the things you just said, and plus he had that ridiculous. I mean, it made the rounds everywhere. He had that ridiculous <laughs> off the hat. Catch. I mean, yeah, I mean, was that so was stupid. so great. It, uh, up uh, up the seam, uh, not up the seam, like down the sideline, off the defender. He bobbles it, spins around, and sprints all the way uh, to the end zone. That was just hilarious. Imagine uh, if he like, didn't if, course, have Stetson course, Bennett. Yeah. Imagine if he didn't have. Imagine if he got to play with Hendon Hooker or Drake May. If yeah, if he got to play <laughs> with the. With like a real quarterback like that, that would be amazing. Um, not to knock Stetson Bennett, but we're kind of knocking Stetson. Absolutely, Bennett. I'm knocking um, you, Stetson. <laughs> uh, he probably listens to the show. Let's be real. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, he, he definitely seeks it out. All the all the hate. Uh, but anyway, I like the pick. Uh, I would have picked him a little bit about halfway through this round. I think is where I would slot him in. But I'm going to go with my my crush that I've been in on since before he even. Uh, played a down for Texas as soon as he transferred instead of uh, you know he was committed to Michigan prior to his freshman year but he decided to go to Texas instead there was obvious opportunity there he was making uh, you know he was turning heads in summer camp and uh, it was obvious he was going to take off he has you know sub four four kind of wheels and uh, he was immediately uh, one of the most productive freshman freshman wide receivers we've ever ever seen by the adjusted metrics and he's not having a perfect year because, uh, again, he's gone back and forth between Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers. And they've just been kind of figuring things out at Texas and doing their whole disappointing thing uh, for those that really like to root for Texas um, or those to see, you know, that like to see them fail. Like, we're used to this. This is what Texas does. But even so, uh, he is leading the team in receptions. He's leading, leading the team in receiving yards. He's leading the team in receiving touchdowns. He's accounting for just over... Uh, 30% of the overall receiving production in terms of his dominator rating. He's got a bunch of adjusted check, you know, adjusted metric checkboxes still going for him. He just doesn't have the raw production that we typically like to see from a star wide receiver. But a pick 15 overall, uh, I guess at this point, he is still wide receiver two projected in our uh, you know selections for 2024 wide receivers. So yeah, I think that's about right. I think he's still first round talent. So pick 15, 2.03 Xavier Worthy. I like it. Um, he was on my board too. I'm gonna go with his teammate. I'm gonna go with quarterback Quinn Ewers. Um, gonna okay. I I know he's coming off a real rough game uh, against Oklahoma State, uh, throwing three interceptions. And uh, but if you look at a game by game basis, that was really the only bad game he's had. Um, he's still in his first year as a starter. I know he was at Ohio State uh, last year. Um, but this is his first year starting and it's, he had a lot of time off in between. So, um, battle, battling that injury coming back. Um, I'm still a believer in Quinn Ewers. Um, I don't have a whole lot more to say. I, the numbers don't really back it up. This is more of a, uh, I believed in him before I believe in him again, or still. And, uh, a lot of the other guys, um, on my board have fallen and he's just kind of stayed put. So, um, yeah, it's kind of okay. where I'm at with him. Yeah, I mean, we still believe in his pedigree and his rocket arm and uh, his touch and accuracy. He has all of the, the things. Like, uh, he's one of those players that he has 
he just looks so perfect in how he uh, throws the ball and he can change his launch angle and he can change his footwork and he does all, so many things well. He's made some bad decisions in a couple spots. Um, last game, it was kind of up and down. Uh, I think it was three picks, I guess. I don't know if yeah. you mentioned that, but yep. so yeah, it's just um, I mentioned it, but it's, it, <laughs> it is his first. Sorry, I was just trying to try no, to I know who, who my next pick was going to be. But I mean, yeah, it's his first season. Um, I mean, he was transferring. He was, he should now be a true freshman, you know, like he, he right. <laughs> reclassified, uh, went to college early to, to go to Ohio state to get, to secure the bag, uh, with the NIL money and then goes back, back to, uh, Texas. And, um, yeah, so it growing pains might happen, but I still very much believe that he is an early round quarterback in the 2024 NFL draft. So if that's the case, then, uh, yeah, he's every bit worth this big slot. For sure, I think I had him just just slotted a little bit further down because I would take uh, the third wide receiver from Ohio State that we're so, going to select in this draft. So crazy! It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Like that's that should not be possible. But here we are. Uh, we've selected one, two, three, four, five wide receivers, and three of them are from the same school. Emeka Ebuka, wide receiver, Ohio State. He even has better numbers, um, at least slightly, if, if you want to get real nerdy with it. Like if, if squinting at his yards per team pass attempt, I think he's ahead by a point zero two on <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, to date at this point in, in his uh, per game numbers. But Emeka Ibuka is a guy who was rated as the number one wide receiver overall in his recruiting class and uh, is explosive. He's a, he's a yak guy. He's not as big. Uh, maybe as Marvin Harrison, he's not as aggressive. Um, might be as aggressive, maybe not as successful at the catch point as Marvin Harrison, but I think he's very close. Uh, he's just a different wide receiver than Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, doesn't necessarily make him much worse. And so for me, uh, it looks like we're going to have another draft class in 2024 with two Ohio State first rounders. So Marvin Harrison Jr. goes at the end of round one, uh, and Mecca Buka 2.05. Yeah, it's so stupid. Um, um, yeah, to, to have that kind of talent, uh, would be a lovely problem to have, uh, trying to Seriously, find playing and, and time for all these guys. Oh, shucks. it's up and down, man. It's not even fair. Like, like they just sent, I was talking to, I mean, you probably saw me talking to Wispay about this earlier today, but they have such an abundance of riches. Like they can just send their walk-ons to other schools and their walk-ons are immediately some of the most oh, productive wiggles. wide receivers in the country. His name is Wiggles. Yeah, Wiggles. No, his name's Wiggles. I'm pretty sure I looked. <laughs> uh, I mean, they actually. Well, the announcers have been calling him. I've been following Curtis Rourke because of my Mojo stuff this year, and they've been calling him Wiggles. But yeah. if it's Wiggles, that's no, hilarious. No, no it's because... definitely not Wiggles. But um, they were on the main slate a couple weeks ago, and I touted Wiggles and uh, Bangura, their their <laughs> running back. And so I just kept going, yeah. I just like Wiggles better, but no, it's Wiggles or something like that. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I mean, he already has, he's a former four-year walk-on at Ohio State, yeah. and he transfers to Ohio and is immediately with their wide receiver one and has 700 yards and nine touchdowns. It's in stupid. Nine it's so that's so just, uh, the Ohio State is just dumb. I guess it's, it's cheating. So I don't know what they're doing, uh, but it's, it's cheating. So that's just what it is. But anyway, <laughs> pick six, uh, round two. Stefan, you are up. Yeah, I am going to uh, dip back into the running back waters, and I am going to take uh, Sean Tucker, running back Syracuse. Um, I had already taken him at this point in the September draft, I think. Um, I think I took him first pick in round two. So 
I still really like Sean Tucker a lot. He's a dynamic running back. He can do everything that you ask him to do. Uh, he can definitely be a three, uh, a three down back in the NFL. Again, another one of these guys that's averaging just about a hundred yards uh, from scrimmage and a touchdown a game. So uh, I like Sean Tucker an awful lot and uh, it just feels like a value play this, this, uh, you know, kind of mid second round. Yeah, and it, it was always going to be hard for him to match up what he did last year uh, when he had, what, 1,700 total yards or something like that crazy. Yeah. Uh, he already did eclipse just over 1,000 yards, uh, but he has struggled a, a, in a couple spots this year. Um, you know, it's it's not like he's been bad at all, but he has struggled in a couple spots against the toughest competition. Uh, part of it was, you know, this past uh, week, man, that was, that was just last week, against uh, Notre Dame. Uh, when Schrader, Schrader went down, they brought yeah. in Car- Carlos uh, Del Rio Wilson. Um, and so his efficiency just dis- disappeared. I don't but that's know. That's happened a couple of times this year. I don't know why, but I thought that that was um, Jack Del Rio's kid. <laughs> Such an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's I, not. It, it's not. But, he, you know, he, he was a highly touted four star that went to Florida. Yeah. Uh, wasn't going to break through there, transferred to Syracuse, and is now the quarterback, too. Looks like they've actually got a promising guy to take over for Schrader next year. Yeah. We've but, um, you know, it wasn't perfect. And this is now really four games uh, that he hasn't had great production. Um, you know, I mean, there's been four games where he had 60 or less rushing yards um, against Purdue, against Virginia, against Clemson, against Notre Dame. It makes sense against uh, Clemson and Notre Dame the past two weeks. But a little, a little odd that he struggled even against uh, on the ground against Virginia and, and Purdue. But, you know, it's he still very much looks like a day two back uh, next year. So if that's the case, uh, going in this range makes sense. But to me, I'm going to go with uh, Raylan Allen, running back Wisconsin at 2.07. I think a lot of people still think he's in the running back one conversation for 2024. He's not there for me. I still very much like Trevion Henderson and Raheem Rocket Sanders, and apparently you do as well. Uh, more so than Braylon Allen, but he was a really, really fun story as a true freshman last year because he was, you know, 17 years old for the entire season. And every broadcast had to mention that he's still 17 years old and he's doing this at 17 years old. And, uh, you know, he had, well, I don't know how many games in a row, seven, eight games in a row with 100 yards rushing last year, which no running back as a true freshman has ever done that at Wisconsin, despite having a long lineage of really good running backs at Wisconsin. Uh, or traditional lineage is not the right word, but tradition at Wisconsin. Um, and he's already up to almost a thousand yards again. He's not quite as efficient because they've struggled uh, as a team more so this year. I mean, when you let go of your coach, you're going to have some struggles. Um, but I think he is still very much an absolute freak athlete. And when he enters the NFL draft, I think he's still probably going to be 20 years old. So yeah, crazy. Braylon Allen, probably running back three for 2024, 2.07. I like it. Um, I don't really pay much attention to Wisconsin football this year. They uh, they hurt me bad. I had some team total overs on them, and uh, you know I thought they'd just, I'd win. Yeah. So you're, you're like, nah, screw you, Brandon. Yeah, no, I'm upset. I'm <laughs> yeah, you're dead to me. Um, someone else who is dead to me, but has risen from the ashes, like Lazarus, who did not rise from the ashes, but out of a tomb. Um, so told, but, uh, this is also a theology lesson. I was a former <laughs> yeah, pastor. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk about, uh, the, the story of Lazarus. Well, now, the we are heading to Texas Christian <laughs> university, so it only makes oh, sense. Texas Christian. Okay. Um, it does make sense. Quentin Johnston, um, is on a tear his last four games, he is. uh, touchdown in four consecutive games, 
putting up 206, 180, 74, 76 um, yards in those games. Uh, you can tell that uh, the first half of the season, they were just kind of like figuring out how to work him into the offense, which is weird because he was so dynamic last year. Um, but but since that game against Oklahoma, that's where he had like a bunch of targets, only four receptions, didn't get a whole lot done. But then since that game, he has just been on fire. And uh, I, I love Quentin Johnston. I think he's a phenomenal athlete, great talent. And uh, I think he's going to continue to rise up boards. Yeah, we were worried last time. We yeah. were, uh, you know, preemptively like just, eh, just, just like dropping him down the board. I think, what did, what did he go last time? Pick 11th. 23, the yeah. 11th in round two. So he boosted up three slots. And last time we were kind of being kind. No, I was like, I feel like, like I need to. I guess we go. I guess we go with Quentin Johnson. Uh, and then a couple weeks ago, he, was, he started looking like his old self. And yeah, I mean, it, to me, he gives me like early career AJ Green vibes. So I love um, it. Yeah, man. Uh, so in round two, we're going to have three guys that have uh, their name, like basically sound like basically sounds the same uh, as it starts out. We got Quinn Ewers. We've got Quentin Johnson and we've got Quinn Sean Judkins yes. running back. Ole Miss is who I'm going to take here. Oh and God. I do it again. I'm, I, I am not, I'm not holding back. I'm going to leap and grab those players as as fast as I can when it's clear that they are going to be rising up even higher than this in the future. And yes, I'm taking him over his teammate in Zach Evans, who he's keeping on the bench and now producing. And yes, Zach Evans has been dinged up a little bit this year, but Quinshawn Judkins as a true freshman shows up and uh, he's already up to, he's, he's 10th right now among all running backs in the country in yards from scrimmage which is insane. A true freshman, he's doing this. He has more yards from scrimmage than Nick Singleton. He has more yards from scrimmage than any other true freshman in the country. He's out producing guys like like Deuce Vaughn, like Sean Tucker, like uh, Moe like Ibrahim, who, who they feed the ball a billion times. He's out producing Jameer Gibbs, Braylon Allen, Devon A-Chain, like all these guys who are her clear feature backs for their team. Quinshawn Judkins, as a true freshman, is outdoing them. So it's not even Zach Evans on his own team. It's literally just about everybody else in the country. And so uh, we have to pay attention and respect what he's doing. And it makes a whole lot more sense now that Lane Kiffin, like, I don't know if you remember that that one viral pic of uh, Lane Kiffin, like just sitting on the bleachers, like by himself in the freezing cold weather. Uh, I think it was a, a year ago. Uh, do you remember, what, <laughs> you remember that picture? No. Okay, oh. so it, it got, people were making fun of him because like Lane was by himself, like no one was there. Somebody just took a picture, like, wait, is that Lane Kiffin? That's hilarious. <laughs> and they took a picture, and he's like by himself up like like top section of the bleachers, obviously trying to be in, you know, a, a little con- out of it sight can, with with him. Yeah. And uh, but somebody took notice, and it kind of blew up. And like, who is he there watching? And lo and behold, it was Quinshawn Judkins. Uh, and so it makes sense now. Uh, because Jatkins was not a five-star guy. He was he was that fringe three, four, you know, star guy. Uh, rose quickly throughout the, the the final months of the recruiting process, if I remember correctly. Uh, and so uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding him uh, in, in Debbie uh, circles and college Kenton circles. People thought, oh, this guy could actually see some work early on, despite sharing touches with Zach Evans. And they were right, man. Uh, because he looks legit. So pick 21, I guess, if the math's right. Yeah, pick 21, 2.09. Quinn Sean Judkins, running back, true freshman, Ole Miss. 
And this probably seems low, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, <laughs> it's been fun using him, and I've had him in my cash lineups for for weeks when I could. Like anytime they played, he was in a cash lineup because uh, he was so cheap to start out. Um, and then uh, now now he's more expensive than Zach Evans. So um, pr- pretty interesting to see how all that shaped out. I am going to go with um, my my man crush's uh, favorite weapon. I'm going to go with Josh Downs, wide receiver, North Carolina, um, coming off an absolutely monster game against Pitt um, where he had uh, 11 receptions for 100 yards and uh, two touchdowns. Um, also gets in that, that punt return action, which uh, you like to see in college, um, getting the best player the ball as often as possible. Um, his numbers are, are maybe a little lower than we'd like to see, but that's because he's played two fewer games than most players because he has been out with injuries. Um, but when he's on the field, he's been um, absolutely sensational. Uh, so uh, I think Josh Downs is just a, a value play at this point. Um, not not a big guy, 5'10", um, but uh, sub 200. But he's uh, he's fast and he's he's dynamic. Yeah, Josh Downs. I mean, he, he despite having the slow start uh, and and struggling with injury, he already has around a thirty percent weighted dominator, which is like an eighty percent to twenty percent split on the emphasis of receiving yards to touchdowns. If you talk about his just raw, uh, you know, unadjusted dominator rating in terms of like his percentage of his team's receiving production split evenly between receiving yards and touchdowns, um, he's got about a 35%, but weighted, which has more signal, uh, statistically speaking, he's still above the threshold that you like to see. So Josh Downs checking all the boxes, even in uh, a year where he is not perfectly healthy, uh, I think down the stretch, he's going to continue to prove to prove himself. Uh, and it's easy to do so when you have Drake May. So how many wide receivers did that, by the way, for, for next year? Because it with this this wide receiver group has been disappointing yeah. overall. Uh, we got, what, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Uh, and then we have to go all the way down to Quentin Johnston and Josh Downs. That's only four wide receivers yeah. for 2023 that we selected at this point. Uh, and so that seems that seems a little bit off. Like um, I'm actually, you know, I, I've got a question for you. Who do you think? Who do you think I'm going to go with here? Because it's it's I'm going to go with wide receiver here because I think you're going to go with the running back that I would consider taking here. Um, but who do you who do you think who do you think I'm going to go here? Like who would you guess is is the guy I'm going to pick? Well, um, um <laughs> It should be Troy Franklin if we're being honest with each other. <laughs> okay, Ducks fan. Uh, Troy. <laughs> I will say, I will receiver. say, it is a wide receiver though. Troy Franklin has been fantastic, um, and he will not be drafted in these first two rounds. But I've been very impressed with his usage. Uh, Bo Nix looks to him first and foremost, and uh, he's been he's been just great. He had a really bad drop this week, this past week, but other than that, he's been amazing. Um, I think you're going to go with. Um, a freshman wide receiver because you don't like the production of the wide receivers um, with uh, the upperclassmen. So I'm going to go with Evan Stewart, wide receiver, Texas A&M. That, that's a really good guess. Um, and given how he's been producing in the past uh, couple weeks, and it looks like he already has some chemistry with uh, true freshman uh, quarterback 
Connor Wegman, who, by the way, had like 338 passing yards and four scores in his first start. He was so cheap. Against too. Ole Miss. He was uh, so cheap. Yeah, yeah, uh, for real. So um, he looks legit. Uh, he would be close to this conversation uh, himself. And so would Evan Stewart because he was like a five-star wide receiver himself. Um, but no, I'm not actually going to go that direction. I, I am very tempted to. But I'm going to go with another 2023 wide receiver who I think has been climbing and climbing and climbing and is doing everything production-wise that we want all our, our favorite other guys that we might insert their name here to do. Uh, he's, he's doing all those things. And so he's got a 36.4% weighted dominator. He has 3.6 plus uh, re- receiving yards per team pass attempt right now at two date. And for those of you who nerd out like me, you already know that that's incredible. Like average for a drafted NFL wide receiver of any round is like 2.5 yards per team pass attempt. A really good mark is three. Insanely good mark is 3.5, and he's above that. Uh, I'm talking about Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee. And this is not just because I took Hennon Hooker earlier in this draft. And this is not because I'm a Tennessee Volunteers fan, because I'm not, although both these players are kind of making me want to be. <laughs> yes. I'm not. I, I don't I don't like that obnoxious, stupid orange. In fact, their their best uniforms are in gray and in black. Uh, so okay, uh, don't like that at all. But uh, Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver, Tennessee, and people are like, oh, he's just a one trick pony. He all, all he does is run the Baylor route tree as an outside wide receiver. Uh, all he is a, is a go fly and double move, blah blah blah. It's all scheme. Um, but let's just break this down real quick because I wanted to. I wanted to make sure is he actually doing uh, wide receiver things outside of just the go fly whatever you want to call it, fade, back shoulder. So I looked at the entire vertical route tree that he runs, that you know, including like post and even corner routes if you want to get get into it with, with that. But like go, fly, double moves deep and, and post and corner and uh, all the fades and even like including back shoulder stuff, um, that accounts for just over 500 uh, yards of his receiving production. Uh, but he has over 900 guys uh, to date with 14 touchdowns. He broke the record for most receiving touchdowns in a season uh, for Tennessee, and he did it in like eight games. Uh, so uh, what he's doing this year is absurd. And he uh, does help that he's got a first-round caliber quarterback, and it does help that he's got a scheme that does like to prioritize him. But he's averaging over 20 yards per reception, 14 touchdowns to this point. You know how, you know what, who's who's in second in receiving touchdowns this year? Like, just guess. Um, Cephas. No, I'm going to go with Nathaniel Dell. <laughs> Nathaniel Dell is tied for second with Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. And, and receiving touchdowns this year. I was close. Uh, and both of them have, yeah, you were. Both of them have uh, 10 receiving touchdowns. And let's just take away the entire Alabama game that, that Jalen Hyatt had, by the way. And he's still averaging like 15 plus uh, yards per reception. Uh, I think it's 16 and change, actually. Uh, and he still has nine touchdowns without Most the fact crazy. that he dominated Alabama with five receiving touchdowns in a single freaking game. Um, so, yes, I'm excited about Jalen Hyatt. And, yes, I'm going to believe that he should be around the wide receiver five-ish mark. I think last year we saw uh, somebody who was undervalued throughout the uh, you know the draft process, Jahan Dotson, rise into first-round consideration. I think Jalen Hyatt is more impressive than him. So, uh, he looks like a, a first round wide receiver. I think he's probably a late first round pick at this point. I love it. I uh, I haven't heard many people say that, but um, I think it's warranted. I think it's cool that he kind of came into the season as like the second guy in Tennessee. And yeah, Tillman's been injured, but Hyatt's been able to just elevate himself. 
and uh, I have so many shares in College to Canton League, so, so I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for myself. Um, so you, I think, are expecting me to go a different route than I'm gonna go. Um, I am gonna go with a wide receiver. I just said he's the most productive freshman wide power five uh, freshman wide receiver. I'm gonna go with Evan Stewart. Um, okay. I do also. I do think it's funny that the third. Um, most productive freshman wide receiver is Sturdivant from uh, Cal because uh, that's just fantastic. Um, I played him in DFS. He's less. actually he's actually not a true freshman, by the way. He, but oh, just a regular fre- just freshman redshirt freshman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was a four star last year. A really really speedy guy. Um, kind of like a mid range four star guy, but he is doing really well this year. Um, in terms of his his adjusted like per game metrics, I think he's got. Around a 28% dominator, which is really good uh, for Cal. <laughs> they kind of spread the ball around weird there. But, yeah, he's doing really well. But Evan Stewart, man, I like that pick. Uh, it, apparently, uh, Texas A&M is not where wide receiver careers go to die now. Maybe. Well, maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think Jimbo knows that he needs to turn that ship around or he's in trouble. Um, yep. the Clean last- that ship up. The last thing, exactly. The last thing he wants is someone to tell him that he needs to hire an offensive coordinator and make and let and, and be forced to let someone else call his plays. Uh, so he he needs to get some work done. Um, and uh, Evan Stewart and Muhammad as well. Uh, Mushin Muhammad has also been um, involved lately. But I I like um, I like Evan Stewart. I've used him quite a bit in DFS. He's getting more expensive now um, that he's producing. <laughs> he didn't work out for me so well earlier this year but i mean we talk about in the nfl all the time like sometimes it takes a while for wide receivers to get acclimated this guy's a true freshman um and and let's be honest he's had a tough start as far as quarterback play uh to his uh career um hopefully now that connor wagman's got the job uh the two of them can uh can kind of um build something beautiful connor wagman's super super cheap in dfs this week and I'm very tempted to take him. He's like five thousand four hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Wagman might be creeping up into the quarterback one conversation for for the true freshman uh, pretty quickly, um, just because he's going to have the opportunity now. Really, I mean, like he's he's probably going to be the guy down the stretch at this point. Yeah. So, so that that's uh, rounding out round two. Let's recap here. We had Hinden Hooker. Uh, quarterback Tennessee, Brock Bowers, tight end Georgia, Xavier Worthy, uh, wide receiver Texas, Quinn Ewers, quarterback Texas, Mecca Buka, the third wide receiver from Ohio State, uh, there at 2.05, Sean Tucker, 2.06, running back Syracuse, Raylan Allen, running back Wisconsin, Quentin Johnston, wide receiver TCU, Quinn Sean Judkins, running back Ole Miss, Josh Downs, wide receiver North Carolina, Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver Tennessee, and Evan Stewart, wide receiver Texas A&M. Uh, a lot of people probably still calling me crazy for the Jalen Hyatt pick. I don't care. I don't, no. I don't, I just don't care. I, don't, I like I it. Not, I, I care zero about that. Also, However, we care about, we care about draft capital and the NFL cares do. about production and Jalen Hyatt has the production. Yeah. So he's going to yeah. get and drafted high. Crazy, crazy speed too. So he's going to, he's going to check a lot of boxes uh, in the draft process, I think too. So it's just going to be hard uh, for him to share targets with uh, Devonte Adams. Cause you know, the Raiders are going to come get him. <laughs> Probably so, yeah. So I, we'll see uh, how that uh, pans out once he gets to the NFL draft. But to me, wide receiver five-ish feels right. Maybe six, maybe seven if he drops really far. Uh, but at this point, he looks absolutely fantastic. 
So, but what that meant, you know, having him in there, having Quinshawn Judkins in there, having, um, you know, a few other like Hendon Hooker in there, uh, Evan Stewart in there, that meant that guys like Zach Evans, running back CCU, Tank Bigsby, running back Auburn, uh, Devon A Chain, running back Texas A&M, Kayshawn Boutte, wide receiver LSU, and Will Shipley, uh, running back Clemson, all five got bumped out of our draft that we had back in September. Uh, who would be on your radar as the next obvious pick out of those guys? Uh, for me, it's going to be Will Shipley. He was the one I was debating with with my last pick. Um, yeah. Keishon Butte, yes. man, I'm not interested in almost at all. I mean, of course, yeah. everyone has value at a certain point. But uh, if I had any shares, it wouldn't take much for me to move move them. Yeah, and here's the thing. He's probably coming back to school at this point because his uh, – his his season's been so trash, um, just been a complete waste of time and talent, and uh, he has been uh, not himself. I mean, he had multiple multiple ankle surgeries in the off season. They were really really hush hush, really odd about what he actually had surgery on. Turns out it was his ankle. Two surgeries is not making him look like himself. Uh, he needs to get right health wise, and uh, kind of fix his resume. And uh, I think obviously having a running. Uh, quarterback like Jaden Daniels doesn't necessarily help his case. I think whoever they have next year is going to be more of a pass-first guy. Maybe he gets uh, better raw production numbers and maybe um, a better, you know, uh, better you, health going, and he is back to his normal self. But do you think it's you know, at LSU? I think he transfers. I, do you think it'll be at LSU? I would. I would imagine he transfers. Yeah, that may be actually the case too, because I know some people are really set on the fact that no, he's still going to the draft i'm not really convinced um yeah. it would be really it would be wise to especially because he can still make bank wherever he goes right. whether it's lsu or alabama he can still make some nice nil money um and uh, he's probably not going to be around one guy at this point uh but he could be if he comes back and proves himself so just transfer to alabama man just do it like kishan Boutte, i know you listen to the show go to go to alabama Get your uh, 1,500 yards next year because they can't figure out that position. And then go pro. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's disappointing to see him be who he is uh, now. But, yeah, Zach Evans, Tank Bigsby, Devin uh, A-Chain for Texas A&M. All three of those guys still very much in day two mix for next year's uh, draft capital. But if, if, if we look through this draft, we were super top-heavy on the guys we were really confident in uh, that would get – uh, round one type capital or top 50 capital like Bijan Robinson was the first pick Jameer Gibbs was the fifth pick uh, one two punch at the running back position for 2023 eligibility and then we had to go all the way down to your pick at pick 18 overall to get uh, I guess this draft's running back three for next spring and a class that we thought was a super running run, running back heavy class you took Sean Tucker I think I would personally have Zach Evans Tank Bigsby and a-chain over Sean Tucker. Um, I just had Sean Tucker outside of my top 24 overall. Um, and I probably would have had a really rough time uh, selecting between Evans and Bigsby uh, for the next slot. And, uh, you know, A-chain's right there for me too, just because he has that Olympic level sprinter speed. Could you and imagine? He's a little bit underweight, but uh, what was that? I was saying, could you imagine if instead of Jameer Gibbs transferring to Alabama, if Tank's, Tank Bigsby would have transferred to Alabama? Just how yeah. different both of theirs careers would have shaped most likely oh, yeah. shaped out isn't that crazy yeah, though because I, mean, I think Bigsby Tank Bigsby, be, he'd be killing it there he'd be killing yeah, it there would probably be around one 
uh, player next year because of like, <laughs> yeah. like a lot of people still believe that he could be that kind of talent. Um, Auburn is just an absolute dumpster fire. They're what one in four in the SEC, three and five overall, and they're they just got rid of their coach and kind of like Williams is taking over and uh, props to Bigsby for sticking it out in in that absolute mess of a program with a joke of a coach, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really hope that doesn't hurt his draft stock. Like I think it might, uh, but he's definitely going to go. I think we probably should have had him in the top 24 somewhere. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Evans still when, when he's healthy, he is an, an elite kind of level runner. So I think all three of these guys are in the top six running backs, uh, for 2023. And so this just speaks to how deep the proven talent is that uh, these guys are in the, you know, pick 24 to 27 ish kind of range. Um, but yeah, next year is not looking as perfect as it once did. But I think once we get to the spring uh, and we see a lot of these guys looking really good, we're going to be like, Oh yeah, we've got six starters in the mix again. So um, any other guys you'd put in the mix that are 2020, uh, 2023 eligible uh, before I mentioned a couple of freshmen and we sign off here. No, go for it. Okay. Well, the only other guys uh, in terms of freshmen, we mentioned Connor Weigerman. He's definitely in the mix. Uh, but wide receivers, I really... I mean, I should have said Zach Charbonnet. Sorry. <laughs> but other okay, than yeah, Zach I mean, like, Charbonnet. That's, that's your bay. We actually <laughs> mentioned him as a joke earlier in the podcast. So that that is like... I mean, we, we both still like him a lot. A lot. And he's he's on that, that day two fringe probably in terms of projection. But um, I really like two true freshman wide receivers in the form of... Barry and Brown at Kentucky and Antonio Williams at Clemson. Uh, Clemson has needed somebody who could create uh, any, and I mean any separation. <laughs> uh, like they have a bunch of trees, like six, four, six, three guys who just cannot separate. They can bully people off the line, uh, but just cannot do it on their own. Um, but he's really become their wide receiver one overall at this point. Uh, and so doing that as a true freshman, um, having 29 catches in eight games doesn't seem like an impressive resume, but he's leading the team in receiving yards and receptions as a true freshman. He was a top 100 overall uh, recruit coming into the process. He's the fastest guy on the team, the shiftiest guy on the team. Um, to me, he's just going to produce three solid years and go pro and be an early round pick. Uh, so he's in the mix here. And then Barry and Brown is, he was one of my favorite uh, players coming in. Uh, Early in the process, in like my earlier college Canton leagues, I was able to get Barry Brown really late. Um, as he got hyped up by a few different websites, uh, he got a lot more expensive <laughs> uh, because uh, it was obvious that he was super dynamic. Uh, he was a kid that was good enough that he got that Alabama offer, and he said, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'm going to go somewhere where I know I can feature immediately and use my dynamic skill set to its fullest potential in a way that they have demonstrated uh, to do so with their lead wide lead wide receivers and guys like Wondell Robinson. Um, before that, what's his face? Who was like a quarterback and we got, got man, why am I blanking on his name? I am My too, goodness. but yes, I know who you're talking about. I mean, they, they like to feature that, that dynamic, you know, return man, multifunctional wide receiver. And that's what Baron Brown was. He was like a freak athlete in high school. He's actually a local kid in the Nashville area. They, they basically decided all the teams in Tennessee decided we cannot kick to this kid at all because and i think it was his sophomore year he returned uh about a third of his re returns of any kind for touchdowns and so <laughs> the next year uh no one kicked to him like ever again like he, he never got a normal kick 
for the rest of his career. Like it was all pooch kicks and squibs and everything because they're like, we just can't, oh, let's just kick it out of bounds. We'll take the penalty rather than kick to this kid because yeah, he was yeah, just so electric as a returner. And that's already been dem- demonstrated on that really long uh, uh, return. I guess it was just two or three weeks ago. Uh, but he's he's one of the most dynamic playmakers in all of college football, and that is Barry and Brown of Kentucky. And he's already averaging 1.6 yards per team uh, pass attempt uh, to this date. And he's almost got 20% of the receiving production already as a true freshman. So I think that's only going to go up. He's going to be the clear focal point of that offense for the next two years and then be an early round pick. So I like Antonio Williams and Barry and Brown. Seemed like an easy 2-3 behind Evan Stewart in, in the in the class of 2025. Yeah, I like that. And then I mentioned Troy Franklin earlier. I think he, uh, you know, he would be early third round for me. Um, another guy that I think is just, he has the he has the pedigree and now he's going to have the production, which is super fun because we haven't seen that from Oregon. He probably still <laughs> won't break the mold and become the first wide receiver to be taken in the first round from Oregon, but I think he could get close. Um, still only a sophomore. So, uh, yeah, it'll be, it, it's fun, man. Um, this time of year, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy seeing like, these guys don't have a whole lot more uh, tape to be able to put out there. They're having a whole whole lot more games to put out there. Um, we're getting to that point where uh, you are what you've been, <laughs> you know. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, some of these guys like uh, JSN, uh, just get healthy. Let's see you play some football. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah, man, get back in time for the playoff and just you know have three hundred receiving yards in a game again or something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, good, man. Uh, always, always fun talking football. Um, for all of you out there, please do take a minute to rate and review the show. Follow us um, if you can. You can, Of course you can. Hit the follow. Hit the little plus button. Hit, hit the subscribe <laughs> button. Whatever buttons you need to push. All the um, buttons. Follow us on all of them, too. Um, but no, uh, seriously, uh, we appreciate you all so much. Uh, any final words, words of wisdom that you'd like to uh, leave the listeners with before we take off? Nope, I don't have any wisdom at all. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's all we're, it's all exhausted it's, here. It, it's yeah, it's all I'm out. But you can find me on Twitter at ff underscore Travis M. You can find Stapon at Stapon Lako L A K O on Twitter. And uh, yeah, actually, that's wisdom right there. Yeah. yeah, right there. That's all I got though. All right, we'll talk to you all next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.